This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moment. My name is Jason Miller, your podcast host. And today I have Chiante with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hi, Jason. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I always start out saying this, and that's I'm really horrible about introducing people. So um, introduce yourself to the audience and tell them what your superpower is. Right. So my name is Chiante Jones, and I'm a financial coach and the founder of Dollars and Change. And so I support women, um, help women to better manage their money and with their day-to-day money management, uh, budgeting, eliminating debt, building their savings so that they can create the solid financial foundation that they want to live a a freer life, you know, um, have more financial options, life options. And I would say that my superpower, so I would say my superpower is being objective, being able to give objective objective advice. I've had people tell me that or in being in a non-judgmental way. And so um, I just recently had someone tell me that. So I would say maybe that's a superpower, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you bet. Well, it's interesting, you know, talking about, you know, before we started, I said financial planning, not really so much in the space of, of like investing and things like that. So I think what you do is pretty unique. Um, in the marketplace, because most people want to know about, well, how do I invest my money? How do I do this and do that? So I'm I'm curious to know how, how you're connecting that in with the other side, right? From what you do, how does that connect into the financial planning side? Um, And, uh, the times that we're in right now, obviously it's still a little weird, right. Um, with the way things are going, not that the economy's bad, but how are you navigating through all that with clients? I'm just curious to know about it. Yeah. So for the, the, the financial coaching kind of it's financial support is really kind of on a spectrum and traditionally it's been, you know, on the, on one side, you know, those who really need some financial help, just trying to make ends meet, you know, they need trying to keep a roof over their head, trying to keep food on the table. So they have financial assistance for that. Then on the opposite end is, you know, what we normally think of is like a financial planner or advisor who's helping you with those things like investments, insurance, and you, but those people that they're the clients there we typically already have some uh, assets built up, some extra cash that they're ready to do something with, and they're thinking more long-term and trying to grow that more. But I found that there's a large population of people in the middle, you know, professionals who have, you know, climbed the ranks in corporate, are making a good income, but they still have not really mastered the day-to-day money management. So they're still struggling to, they're still living paycheck to paycheck because there's no savings there. They still haven't really um, built um, built their savings or um, eliminated debt. They still don't have a lot, large debt payments. So as a financial coach, that's where I come in and assist. So I'm, I'm the one that's going to come in, help with the budgeting, help with the day-to-day money management so that you have the money to start build, uh, building that solid financial foundation to go work with a financial advisor, to start investing, to think of your bigger picture, longer-term planning. So that's how I work together 
um, kind of on the spectrum of you know financial professionals to support people. And the other, other part of the question you were asking was about my clients right now, kind of in the current economic environment that we're in. You know, kind of this, like I said, weird post. Well, kind of post in the <laughs> pandemic. Play. I don't know what to call it. A couple of years in this thing, right? <laughs> um, I would say that. I mean, I think we've all felt the inflation a bit as far as in our, you know, getting the gas and the um, groceries and just different activities. We definitely see that the prices have gone up some. So I would say the place that my clients have seen it the most is in their day-to-day spending, kind of like just the everyday stuff. Um, and thankfully for my clients, they, they my clients tend to have the, the funds there. And it's just, it was a matter of managing it better. And so that just has led us to revisit those areas to see, okay, is there still enough there to cover things or do we need to make some adjustments to, you know, allow for these increases? But overall, I'm glad to say that it hasn't been detrimental to their finances, you know, for my particular clients that I work with. It's just a matter of making sure that we're staying on top of what the priorities are and adjusting as needed. Yeah. So I'm interested, like, statistically, um, not sure if you track this or not, but, but, you know, looking at a at a family household pie chart, right? Of this much money gets spent on groceries, this much gets spent on fuel, this much gets spent on activities, this much gets spent on all these things, right? I'm curious from your perspective of working in that specific trench, right? Of how has that changed in the last couple of years? How have you seen that pie chart really shift? <laughs> you know, I would say that right now there hasn't, that is something that I look at with my clients when we first start and then mm-hmm. just, just to get a, a level of awareness of where they you know initially are. But you know what? I'll be honest. I, once we kind of get things situated and we start looking forward, I don't necessarily track that again to see like where their percentages right. end up. But um, I would say that there probably, honestly, there probably hasn't been a huge shift in the pie chart. I think there's still going to be, um, you know, the amount that they're putting to their retirement or the, uh, you know, sort of like the savings bucket. There's still going to be the amount that's going to their housing expenses. And for, for my clients in particular, a lot of them are homeowners or, um, or uh, you know, so, yeah, a homeowner so that their mortgage hasn't like significantly changed. Um, I do have one client that is a renter and she did see an increase in because she was in a better financial position from working together, she was able to navigate that increase a lot better than she probably would have before I talked to her about it. And she was saying that, you know, in the past, what that would have happened, she would have really been kind of scrambling about how to, you know, cover this, you know, um, and she still did look at other places, other options of um, places to live, but she felt a lot more comfortable with that increase because she knew she could afford it, like she could, could navigate around it. So um, I have seen more of that, of just having more confidence and being able to navigate the changes rather than it being like a huge shift one way or the other in like kind of the allocation of their expenses. Sure, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, obviously this year has been a year of crazy inflation uh, yeah. this year. And what, I mean, what do you see as... Because there again, you're in the trenches of all this, not necessarily stock market things and stuff like that. To me, you're in the place where the real world is, right? Yeah. It's where the real world is happening. And what cause and effects are you seeing from this constant rise of inflation 
over time, just on the family dynamic, because I assume you're kind of seeing a little bit of both, right? The the there's the the money side, then there's the family dynamic side of things. Cause you know, regardless if you're well to do, you're rich, you're wealthy, all these things, right? When you're losing money to something, well, that's that that's that's a, a gaping wound that's uh going out of your pocket, right? So I, I guess how do you see a lot of stuff that's happening happening financially, you know, from just the financial side to the family side? How do you see a lot of that now? Or don't so, they cross for you much? Not a, I would say there's nothing that has significantly stood out as mm-hmm. because of this happening financially, it's impacting the family. Like from working with my, um, like the family dynamic, Right. I would say the results that I've seen from my client aren't tied to, you know, the the economic things that are going on. It's more tied from the work that we were doing together. So as far as just just working on their own personal finances to better manage those. So, for example, you know, I have a client, you know, a client who's married um, and her and her husband started having more financial conversations about money and started working together more as a team. And so that's more a result of of coaching and her you know, taking a different and having a different perspective on her own, on her money and what they were doing rather than because of the, you know, economic environment. Um, and, and, and I've seen clients where, you know, things that they may have been spending on before, you know, say for their kids or, you know, say birthday party expenditures or Christmas gifts and all that kind of things, like their perspective about that has shifted some, not so much because the money's not there, but because they just don't want to spend it so much on, like they realized it was excess that they didn't need to spend all of that to steal for their kids to have a good time or to mm-hmm. um, enjoy their birthday or Christmas or holidays or whatever. So it's been more of a, uh, I would say like a mindset shift just from doing the work together, but not necessarily from being impacted by the current financial situation or economic situation. So I would say that's more of the dynamic I've seen um, right. in, the, in the work that I do with my clients. Right. Who's the smarter planner do you think nowadays when it comes to generational X millennials <laughs> or Gen Zers, you know, what, who, who do you think? See, I personally think like I have, I have a three and five year old and they're already smarter than me. So I mean, <laughs> I, I think that generation is going to be way smarter than us. Like, um, and I don't even just, know what that generation is called, Jason. Like, what is that? What is the generation for your kids? I don't even know what that's called. <laughs> I don't even, I don't know either. <laughs> My wife told me the other day, but I can't really, but, but, uh, you know, looking at it from that perspective, cause I'm sure you work with a varied variety of people, right? So who do you see that that's really, you know, a, a lot smarter with the way they plan? Is there a generational gap in there that one is kind of doing better than the other? So to be honest, my, my, a lot of my clients fall into the, I guess it would be um, a, a Gen Z slash early millennial, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, which is like a, like a kind of, I think they call it a cusper where you're on the cusp of millennial mm-hmm. and Gen Z. So like that, these are people like in their mid thirties uh, to like mid forties. So that age range, it's not quite millennial as like the, you hear about millennials a lot. Cause we, that's a, like a later, that's an earlier millennial. So that's different than somebody who was born in like 91, 92. Right. Sure, um, sure. 
for somebody who's born in the early 80s. So a lot of my clients do fall in that same, I guess, similar generational. So like they kind of have a similar mindset about things and had similar experiences growing up and seeing different things versus someone who came out of college, um, you know, five years ago or, you know, or somebody who came out of college even 10 years ago now. Um, so mine are tend to be a little bit older than that. And I, I do think with millennials, um, I know one thing that they have been, and even my gener- generation with the, you know, cusper Gen Z is, you know, the student loan debt has been a really big thing where I think prior generations didn't have as big of an impact with that, where Gen Z, late Gen Z millennials definitely have seen that more and have the, the burden of navigating the student loan debt and just the increasing cost of, you know, colleges if they want to get advanced degrees and all that kind of stuff. I do think also with uh, there's been a change in just the, the, the work perspective. So I think a lot of millennials that would come out, they, they were fine with you know, trying different jobs, going to different companies, you know, to help accelerate their income, to do different things, different experiences. And even again, Gen Zers are, I think, uh, later Gen Zers had that same kind of perspective where we still have a little bit more of the tradition where we may stay longer, <laughs> but so mm-hmm. it might be not move as much as a millennial, but that loyalty to stay for the same company, like for your whole career, that is no longer there. Um and, and so, and I think this, with our generations, we also had to start thinking differently about retirement. So, you know, in the past, you got that pension and that's, you know, that company that you worked for all those years was taking care of you, you know, retirement, you can rely on that where that's not the case anymore. A lot, a lot of retirement now falls on us. And so I think when, when clients come to me, you know, they're mid thirties, they've kind of done whatever in their twenties and they realize, okay, it's, I'm 30 something now I need to start adulting all the way and really thinking about beyond just spending right yeah. now, but like, what am I, what's my future going to look like financially? Um, right. so I don't know who's smarter, Jason. I think we just have different things. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you start connecting all this financial stuff, right. To great resignation, all these, these different things. Right. And I know I've, I've asked this question and I can't ever really seem to get an answer for it. And that is, cause I don't know if anybody really knows the answer, but, but it's like, how, how can a generation of people, right? Whether it doesn't matter what generation is, how can uh, a society of people just decide for two years they're not going to work financially? I don't understand it, you know? And it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And it's more the how, right? How do you afford to do that? And do is it they just really cut back on pretty much everything and live this simplistic life? Or I don't know. I don't know if anybody has the answer. I'm just interested in other people's perspective on it. <laughs> so the two years that you're referring to is what are you referring to the, what the pandemic or? Yeah. Yeah. During COVID. Right. Well, I, honestly, I think a lot of people did struggle during COVID. Um, yeah. And uh, even with the stimulus and all that kind of stuff and extra benefits. I mean, so I, th- I think that helped, but when I find that a lot of times it's like people who are already struggling when something like that happens, it just magnifies the situation or people who are like just, just on the cusp of that paycheck, the paycheck cycle, when something happens, like it really magnifies the situation. Um, and, you know, really honestly in the like financial coaching space, financial space, you know, the, the thought was, oh, people are going to really need us now. They're really going to reach out. And um, and what I've what we kind of found is like some people did. Right. But a lot of people kind of just a little 
hunker down a little bit. They kind of just like, let me sit here, let me figure this out. And they're not like, and then once they start coming out of it, they're like, okay, now that I've been through that or got through it to some kind of way, now I'm looking for this financial help. So I don't have to deal with that again. Right. So like I can be better prepared Mm -hmm. for the next thing. Um, So I think in some cases, people have really struggled through it and really been impacted, but not everybody struggles when, you know, for every economic situation, somebody is profiting from that or thriving in that and somebody else is struggling, right? So I think even with this, uh, with COVID, not everybody struggles. Some people, you know, went out on their own and was able to grow businesses. You know, I think the online space, which is, you know, where I would consider myself as a, you know, virtual coach, um, really boomed. Like a lot of people was willing to put their, hang their shingle out there and say, hey, I can offer this service um, and, and you know, help in this way. And so I, I think that also led people to, find new avenues to generate income, get creative, you know, for the brick and mortar businesses of how to still serve people and get income coming in. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what everybody, I think everybody's situation was a little different, but there's people on both sides of it who have, right. are just now starting to recover maybe, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do think a lot of people, they figured out the art of the hustle, right? And they were yeah. like, you know what? However, I got to make some money. That's how I'm going to do it. Right. Right. So, and they just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about the human race is we're very, uh, we're very adaptable. Right. So at some point, one day there's not food on the table and you got to figure out how to get some there. So you're going to do whatever it takes to make that happen. And yeah. I think the internet was really, we birthed a whole new generation on the internet with, yes, <laughs> with COVID, and I'm not sure it was a bad or a good thing, but but I also seen how in the brick and mortar big corporation space, how they've not all of them, but some of the bigger companies have have now saw oh my God, look at all the money I can save by just leaving people at home. Or, you know, look at how better my staff is. If I say, if I don't say, well, I don't care, but you better be in your seat from eight o'clock to 4.30 every day, right? And then lunch after lunch comes around and all you do is stare at the wall for four hours, right? So there's some change in all that where you're seeing these big companies go, look, here's your job. Do it. If you're done by noon and you go golfing, great. Right. And it's interesting because it, it, it directly, uh, it directly affects planning of how people spend their money. Right. And how they're able to spend their money. They're able to spend more time with their families, all these things. I think it's a great thing. I love it. Yeah. Well, and you know what, you brought up a good point as far as like the, one thing that I do, do think happened for those who were, you know, gainfully employed during the pandemic, you know, didn't have their, um, you know, income disrupted necessarily. I think a lot of them, and probably just people in general, were actually found themselves saving a lot more because they weren't out doing all those things, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, some people kind of might have went online buying more things, you know, because just that was available always. But, um, but I, I know I did hear, like you know, especially twenty twenty one into twenty twenty one, that hey, I'm actually saving a lot more money because I'm not going out doing all these things. I'm not eating out all the time, or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not hitting up all the happy hours. I was going, you know, just different things. I'm not traveling like I was. So like they were able to to save if they 
if they focus on doing that, right? If they, and then, then that'll set you up to be in a better position later or, yeah. you know, or when things open up again, like now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, what's a gold nugget you could drop on everybody? Not, not, not your process or your secrets or anything like that, but what's a, a real good, like financial tip that you could share with a listener out there um, to help manage their money a little bit better? Yeah. So one thing I um, hear from people or see from people is they want to, they think that, oh, one, when they make more money that these problems will just, like their money problems will be solved or it just will go away. And so one of the biggest tips is to learn to actually manage your money because um, it's not going to go away. If you make more money and um, then you just end up spending more money, a lot of times your lifestyle ends up increasing with that. So if you have not really gotten to the place where you can manage your money the way you want it to, where you're okay living now, doing the things you enjoy, but also still planning for your future and your other financial goals, learn how to do that, you know, tying it to a money plan or a budget and learning how to manage your money will serve you well as you increase your income and have more money and everything else. So learn now, get the healthy habits in place. Um, Don't wait till, don't try to wait till such and such time, do whatever you can with where you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be the one that goes, well, maybe I'll get to this next year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're, Go ahead and just then, start where you can yeah. right now. <laughs> well, and I remember my dad used to always said, he used to always say, son, doesn't matter what your financial suit. If you can put 10 bucks in your savings account every month, put 10 bucks in your savings account. Yeah. Just do whatever you can. It's, it's more yeah. so about building the habit, Jason. It's like about establishing mm-hmm. those habits. And so that if you have, if you have that in place when you're making Ten thousand dollars, you're going to have that in place when you're making a hundred thousand dollars, and you you just be able to do things on a bigger scale. So you establishing those habits, like I said, learning how to manage it, that'll serve you well. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, hey, uh, part of the reason for this podcast is to share a business struggle with our younger generation. Um, You know, that's why we have biz only have business owners on on the show uh, for the most part. And so, what's something that if you could go back to your younger self when you first started in business and you could say, well, this is an arrow in the back you're going to take, and this is probably the way you're going to deal with it. What would be something you could share that might prevent that arrow for one of the younger generations? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I struggled with starting out, so I wasn't always entrepreneurial. Like, so this has only been like, five years or so that I've had like more of this entrepreneurial mindset, um, thinking about business. And so one thing that I found myself doing early on, and honestly, it's still something I haven't fully overcome. I have to like manage it still now is focusing on, um, things that activities that don't really move the needle, like to really move you forward in your business or help you uh, generate revenue, um, and, and get your business profitable. So doing a lot of the behind the scenes systems, not that those things aren't important, but when you're first starting out, the, you know, really focus on starting to generate money, making more money, um, uh, and getting things flowing. And then you can start building the systems along the way. I spend a lot of time, I think one, because I, I am kind of a systems minded person, but mm-hmm. I think it was also a way for me to kind of feel, uh, busy. Like I was doing something, but not really being productive in you know, moving the business forward and serving clients and really, really doing the uncomfortable thing of having to put myself out there a bit more. Right. So right. I would say that when those feelings come up, 
which they will more than likely with you know, mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur is a lot of personal development and growth where you have to like do things that are uncomfortable. And, um, and so I would say to lean into those things rather than hide, you know, shine away from them. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's going to be an ongoing yeah. thing. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you ever like overcome it. <laughs> yeah. It's the self-guided leadership. <laughs> that's what it is. Right. So yeah, yeah. Um, for sure. Well, well, thank you for that. Um, and just kind of close things up. Uh, I like to kind of end things on this question. Here's the question. <laughs> oh the, one you, the one you were like, oh, why didn't you tell me about this beforehand? <laughs> so if you could pick someone to be on the show, um, you know, mentor, friend, family, doesn't matter, um, that you had a question that you always wanted to ask, what would the question be? And who would have you had on to ask the question? Oh, so I was thinking about this. And so the, the people that came to me, like, I think about like Oprah, you know, she's super aspirational, like this successful businesswoman. And so I'll just say that I will bring Oprah on. Hey girl, bring Oprah on with me. <laughs> and I would ask her. Um, I think I would ask her her in hindsight, what would she do differently? Or is there anything that she would do differently? Um, and that and I think from that, a lot of wisdom will come from her journey that she could then share with me. Like, you know, just having her perspective on looking back on her own journey, I think will be interesting to hear about. Yeah, for sure. Here's a secret not too many people know. I love Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have followed yeah. Oprah for years. I love Oprah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's yeah. awesome. I would love to just have 10 minutes to sit with her and just like, how did you, how did you grow the empire that way? Right. Yeah. There's a, there's a yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, and you know, that there's some stories and some, like every, oh. every, every successful person's journey, there's like definitely was some, and she's shared some of that publicly, right. Yeah, some of those things right. that I'll, I'll ask for like the, the other stuff she ain't share. Yeah. <laughs> like just looking what's back. The, for her what's the stuff you've never told anybody? <laughs> I mean, you know, like really, really successful business owners that are in the media and things like that, right? I mean, you know, they've they've taken tons of arrows in the back for sure. Um, Right. You know, whether they be, God, just a myriad of things, but but I just, you know, go back to her very first show she ever did, right? And she calls it a disaster, right? Her very first show. <laughs> and and uh, I remember it when when it happened the the very first yeah. Oprah show, and I followed Oprah for years. So you know I still watch the Own Network. Um, so I uh, uh, she just I I love the masterclass. That's my favorite. Yeah, there's some good stuff, and that's what yeah. like I would want her reflections on her journey. Like mm-hmm. I want to hear that, you know, what, like what, switch, what, like switch seats, right? You become <laughs> Oprah, and she becomes the one that gets interviewed. <laughs> yes, give me all the goods. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Gold, gold nuggets in there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, well, hey, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so my website is dollarsandchange.com. And that's kind of the central hub for everything that'll have all of my social media handles, you know, more about coaching and my services that I offer. And um, you can also uh, directly contact me through through there. Um, I'm also on, on Facebook and Instagram at Dollars and Change Coach. 
And I'll be happy to connect on LinkedIn as well, which I'm under my um, my first and last name, Chiante Jones. And you can find me on there. I'd be happy to connect there as well. Awesome. Well, Chiante, thank you for taking the time today out of your busy schedule to uh, spend a little bit of time with me today and share some of your insight. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Jason. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for joining us today on this episode of War Room Moments. Uh, again, always remember, dream it, believe it, and achieve it. It's Jason Miller, your podcast host, signing off. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.